Welcome to Kingsway International Christian Center Tirona, where we are raising champions and taking territories. We are sure this teaching will be a huge blessing to your life. Feel free to worship with us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. at 1.30 Base Pro Mills Drive Unit 5354, Vaughn Mills. For more information, visit www.kicccanada.ca. Now, get ready to be transformed by the Word. So this month of August, we're discussing a new series, and the title of the series is Lead Me Now. Can somebody say that? Lead Me Now. Lead Me Now um, actually has an exclamation in front of it. And why is that so? We live in a time and a generation where there has never been uh, a time as such as this where there is need for strong, authentic, good leadership. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Now, most of the world's problems, in fact, you can, never, you can never discuss leadership without mentioning some names, all right? There are certain people who have invested their life into the science and the practice of leadership that you can hardly talk about leadership without mentioning them. One of them is John Maxwell. John Maxwell said, everything rises and falls on leadership. It means that if you go to a place and things are working, then the leadership is doing well. If you go to a place and things are not working, you can say it's the weather, you can, all the excuses, whatever, reasonable or unreasonable excuses. The truth is that at the end of the day, the buck falls on leadership. Are we together? And then if you were to go to the continent of Africa, uh, a, a few thought leaders on the continent that have written excellent materials that can be used anywhere in the world on the topic of leadership. One of them is our very own Pastor Matthew. Ashimolo has written a couple of books on leadership, bestsellers, are not necessarily in church settings, but have been used to train and to raise leaders globally. Praise God. So leadership is a big, 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 big issue. The country I'm from, our leaders have been promising the same thing since independence. The very same things. They promise electricity. Every four years campaign, they promise electricity. The promise good health care, the promise good roads, the, the promise security, the promise what the very same things. Isn't that the hallmark of leadership? Africa as a continent, in terms of natural resources, is one of the most blessed. Sorry, did I say one of the most blessed? It is the most blessed. There is argue now, this is scientific fact. There is no precious resource you cannot find on the continent of Africa. Hello? The only natural disaster we have in Africa is bad leaders. Did you hear that? Praise God. So it's what we are going to be doing. We are going to have this series, not just this month. I think we'll try to do this once every year. Uh, because in the body of Christ, we also need strong leadership. Amen? Did you hear that? Don't just assume that because you speak in tongues and you are baptized, and you are a believer, it doesn't automatically translate into good leadership skills. The fact that you are born again and will make you head of department doesn't mean you know what to do. Are we in church? Are you with me? So this training is going to be done. A lot of people have been put in positions that they were not trained for, and they are fumbled when they fumble, you doubt the anointing on their lives. No, they're anointed. 
They are gifted. They are spirit-filled. But the issue is they were not trained to excel properly in that role. And that's what we're trying to fix here. In fact, next month, I said next month, next year, by the grace of God, we're going to have a, a leadership training for kids and for teenagers. We're going to catch them early. Did you hear that? Catch them early. Let me tell you the, the future of the world and the intelligent countries are tapping into it. There are two things drastically that the system of the world has to change. Two things. Number one is early leadership training. Number two is a radical change in the educational system. The schools that we went to trained us to be good employees, minimized our capacity for innovation and creativity. We were trained to receive instructions to do them and to deliver results. Did you hear that? But that won't fly in the generation we are going to raise our kids. Hello? So the smart countries are changing their curriculum. Putting entrepreneurial training at preschool and kindergarten. Not because everybody will be an entrepreneur, but because the mindset of the entrepreneur changes even now you do your work as an employee. There's ownership, there's creativity. Praise God. Praise God. So that's just an introduction. Today being the first part of the series on leadership, we are going to be discussing weak leaders versus strong leaders. Did you hear that? Weak leaders versus strong leaders. Now as we talk about leaders, don't just think about the prime minister. Don't just think about the president. When we relate you to church, don't just think about the pastor or your head of department. Don't just think about the mayor. Don't just think about um, the regular conventional positions uh, where we refer to people as leaders. I want you to think about you. Think about yourself. Hello? Because ultimately, everybody is leading their lives. If there's nothing else you are leading. For me, I'm leading my life. I'm leading my wife in our marriage. I'm leading my daughter. I'm leading my family. I'm leading the church of God. I'm raising people, building people. Hello? Did you hear that? So I might wear many hats. It doesn't mean you wear none. Everybody wears at least one hat of leadership. If you have breath in you, then you have a life that you have to take charge of. Hello? Are we still in church? So we are discussing weak leaders versus strong leaders today. Now note, this is not bad leaders versus good leaders. There's a big difference. Everybody knows what bad leadership entails. Everybody knows what bad leadership entails. If I ask you for examples of bad leaders, you can name a couple. You're smiling. <laughs> Praise God. But we're discussing weak and strong leaders. And the reason we're discussing this is not for you to point fingers and say, oh, I know a, a weak leader. Oh, my president is a weak leader. My mayor is a weak leader. Or, or my pastor is a weak leader. <laughs> I know one we no 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 the objective is for you to look inwards in what areas of my life can I make adjustments are we there praise god now i'm i'm going to go through a lot of uh, a couple of them as time permits us and as we do at life class we'll take examples uh, both from contemporary times and from scripture glory to god glory to god now one of the first characteristics that we consider of weak leaders is that they believe they know it all. Hello? Weak leaders believe that they know it all. And they build a culture and a system that ensures that they are seen to be the ones that know it all. Did you hear that? But strong leaders are committed to learning. 
continuous learning. Hello? Hello? How many of you have met someone who is just a know-it-all? You know someone? Yeah, I know a couple. A couple of people that are know-it-alls. In fact, um, up until recently, back in the 90s and 80s, the airline that had the highest percentage of crashes in the world, anybody knows? This was the reason. Korean, Korean Airlines. Now, they had the culture that, in, that enforced seniority. Did you hear that? Meaning that if she is my senior, then I can never suggest anything to her unless she requests of that information. Did you hear that? So there were times when the crash could have been averted by the junior younger pilot saying, hey, captain, I think we shouldn't fly it. Hey, captain, I think that altitude is way too much. Or, hey, captain, I think we should fly a little bit faster about, above the clouds. But culturally, they were not permitted to make suggestions to the boss. Because the boss knows it all. And lives went for it. Did you hear that? Strong leaders are committed learners. You know the, the, strong, the language of strong leaders? You hear things like, what do you think? What do you think? That's the language of strong leaders. And they don't say, what do you think for you to just say it for the sake of saying it, but they actually listen. Hello? Are we still together? So strong leaders are committed learners, constantly learning even from their juniors. The day you lack the ability to learn from someone who is either younger or less experienced or junior in age or in qualification, that is the day you begin to end the capacity of your influence. Hello? True leaders can learn from kids. Yeah, she agrees. True leaders can learn from kids. You can learn from, you can, you can literally do a visit to high school and get inspiration. Elementary school. Glory to God. Glory to God. Weak leaders are discouragers. Strong leaders are encouragers. Did you hear that? Some of us have trained and worked under people that you put in your best and all you just desired to hear was good job. You put in hours into training, hours into studying, trying to maybe represent the debate team and you've stood in front of the mirrors, you've, you've rehearsed your lines or you've done all of these things and your leader or your coach is just unpleased. The person is just unpleased. It's just impossible. There is absolutely nothing you can do. You will always be dragged. That, that, that was trash. That's the worst song I've ever heard in my life. As I'm saying this thing, some of us are looking inward. Some of us are picturing people. Somebody comes on stage, does a special number. And pastor just comes on stage and says, hmm, Sister Florence, I know you are more anointed than that. That's the worst rendition of my Redeemer lives I've ever heard. But the grace of God is sufficient for you. They will not end it spiritually after the damage has been done. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Real leaders encourage and they build people up. 
when I was doing my A-levels, I had a chemistry teacher who, on the first day of class, very first day of class, the guy just came into the class. Normally, the other teachers would say, oh, uh, good morning, good morning. It wasn't to all those formalities. He just said, hi, guys. When we heard hi, guys, we were like, are we still, where are we? He said, hi, guys. Uh, hello, sir. He said, no, don't worry. Just. And then he said, he, did his, he literally spread his hands and said, so if I'm going to expect you to pass this course without opening books in the exam, then as your teacher, I shouldn't teach you with any books. He said, so I'm going to teach you the entire A-level chemistry from my head, and you're going to get it. He said, the dumbest of you in this class will pass this course. They won. We thought the guy was joking. My A-level physics, I read like, like a crazy human being. My A-levels biology read like, my chemistry, I didn't read. The guy will just come to class, break it down. There was someone who, who, who came in and was really scared. This guy said, I had F, F in my O-level um, chemistry. So I'm really scared. He said, don't worry. I will work on you and you will pass. The guy had a C in advanced level chem. Now that's a big deal. Of course, you know I had an A anyways. <laughs> Praise God. Now, what's the point? I will never forget the encouragement he brought. For those of us who need that little encouragement, he saw the strong point. It was like, you're doing fine. Keep it up. But for the weaker ones, I'm going to spend more time with them. Built them up. Those guys now, we still keep in touch. Wherever we are, we always talk about the man. Wherever. Isn't it interesting that you remember those who built you up? And you remember those who scarred you? But people forget many times. So myopic, I am the boss today. I will use my bossship, and you will remember me for being the boss. Praise God. Praise God. Weak leaders are threatened by gifted followers. Strong leaders encourage and build up gifted followers. Did you hear that? Hello? I can remember growing up as a young, very young child. I think I was about 10 in the choir in the church. And there was this new band that started. Wonderful band, had wonderful backup singers, wonderful musicians. And then the owner of the band had employed a band leader as the leader. As a child, I knew that that man didn't, he couldn't sing. I knew. He had people in the band that could do a better job leading songs. But because he was the leader, he felt he necessarily had to be the one doing the singing. And then there were people with better voices in the choir, but he wouldn't push them forward. In fact, when somebody was singing so well and doing all the riffs and the runs, then he comes up with the mic and just like, yeah, that's me, that's my work there. Hello? And as a little child, I received a word about leadership. I wrote it down in my journal. It was like, Leaders don't necessarily have to stand in front, but leaders have to see the front. Did you hear that? That man didn't know that his role was supposed to supply vision to that band, not necessarily to be the one carrying the mic. Hello? Hello? Some of us have worked with bosses. The day they see your skill, that's the day your downfall begins. And you're wondering if we're a team. We're working together. We're trying to build this department. Some people in the choir, the day somebody comes and does one, 
magic scale on the piano, like, hey, someone who is better than me is here. Hmm. And then he starts shoving the person, say, watch me, watch me play, watch me play. Do you know, do you know diminished or augmented? Sit down. Praise God. You know it's happened in the Bible before? Hello? Let's open very quickly to 1 Samuel chapter 24. I'm going to show something very ridiculous, and it is still happening in our times. 1 Samuel chapter 24. 1 Samuel chapter 24. Woo! Now it says in verse 1, I'm reading from the NIV, it says, After Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the desert of Engedi. Now, listen to verse 2. It says, so Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. Is that in your Bible? Someone who was a king and had a country to rule was so threatened by this gifted young man in his army. So threatened that he took 3,000 3,000 soldiers to go and fight a young boy. Can you imagine that? That's the height of being threatened. Praise God. Hello? Are we still here? So as leaders, when you spot someone who is more gifted than you, it should give you joy. You encourage them. You learn from them and make it obvious you are learning from them. You are not too big to learn. Hello? And this is the difference. And it, it happens in churches. In fact, I listened to, to a teaching by a, a pastor during the leadership conference, and he said something a lot of pastors will not be able to say publicly. He said in his church, he is not the best preacher. He said that he knows, but he's the leader, and everybody respects him as the leader because he gives the others a platform and an avenue to manifest their gifts. He said, when it comes to teaching of the word, everybody knows his pastor. He's called the pastor's name. I was like, wow. But for some other people, the day they identify the gift of God on your life, you are not coming on that stage again. They are so threatened that you will leave the church and take all their members away. And that is the epitome of weakness in leadership. Did you hear that? Real strong leaders will give you the platform. And the day you decide to leave, they will call you out celebrate you. This is our product. Whether his church bears our name, whether it is an extension of this ministry, or whether he's been led to start another ministry, we know we have trained him well. And he'll represent us well. And all of you who feel God is leading you to work with him, God bless you. Go and do the work of the kingdom. Let's bring the devil to shame. That's how it is done. Did you hear that? That's how it is done. That's how it is meant to be done. Not threatened by the gifts that people carry. May we not be such leaders in Jesus' name. So Saul literally lost it. His kingship wasn't about leading people anywhere. It was about catching David. Look inwards. Who are you really after? Are you still pursuing your goals? Or are you just out to belittle someone? Speak about them, lie about them, say all sorts about them. When it's obvious that the gift of God is on their lives. You know what? You can't fight a gifted person. Did you hear that? You won't win. It's a lost battle. Someone who is gifted, called, anointed by God. Praise God. Glory to God. Let's move on very quickly 
So the next thing here is that weak leaders are poor listeners. Weak leaders are poor listeners. Weak leaders call a meeting and they do all the talking. They said this is an interactive session. I'd like to hear from you guys what you think. How have I been doing as a leader? Instead of them to keep quiet and hear how I've been doing, they say, um, um, sir, I think you have. So this is the way, and they just continue with their enforcement. And, and you were wondering, this meant to be an interactive session. You, you called us for feedback. You wanted us to talk, but they do all the talking. They are not able to listen. Hello? Now, listening doesn't mean just keep keeping quiet. Did you hear that? So you can be talking, I can be looking at you and not listening. Listening is an active process. It means I'm paying attention to both what you are saying and what you are trying to say. That's active listening. Very few people have mastered the art of active listening. Some people listen to respond. They listen to reply rather than listen to understand. So they already feel attacked. Oh, um, how is the church doing? What are the things we're not doing well? What are the things you feel? We can improve on uh, what are the things you feel can be done better. And pastor, I think the sermons are a bit too long and sometimes they are too boring. Can, no! These are the end times. People have been itchy years. They don't want to hear the word of God. The sermon will remain two hours because that's what God has told us to do. So don't, don't tell the Holy Spirit told me we must preach for two hours. Don't come and tell me. So, so why did you call them for feedback? Why don't you call the Holy Spirit for even the Holy Spirit? You probably won't listen. Hello? Hello? Are we still together? So weak leaders are poor listeners. They gather people for feedback just for the show of it. They are not interested in what you have to say because they know what they want to do. Strong leaders are good listeners. They pay attention and they effect changes based on feedback. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 16, 14, 15, 16. He asked the disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? He wasn't insecure. He wasn't looking for validation. Hello? The son of God couldn't have been looking for anybody's validation. He was interested in their understanding and correct perception. And they said, oh, some say you're the prophet. Some say you're Moses. Some say you're Elijah. I'm sure he was smiling. And then Peter, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, woo, that's it. Flesh and blood. Has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Praise God. Praise God. Strong leaders listen. Glory to God. Are you learning anything so far? Are you learning anything so far? All right. Weak leaders belittle their teammates in public and humiliate them just to feel better. Strong leaders celebrate publicly and correct privately. Did you hear that? Hello? How many of you have ever been corrected in a way that you, in that moment, you felt the ground should open and you should disappear? All right. So everybody has experienced, almost everybody has experienced this. Almost everybody. Now, what you witnessed was a display of weak leadership. It doesn't mean what you did was wrong. Hello? We are not justifying wrong behavior. Get me right. But no good, strong leader publicly embarrasses someone that follows them. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Nobody does that. It's, it's not done. 
In fact, we do this more in the church than anywhere else in the name of church discipline. Someone is nodding like, yes. We do it more in the church than anywhere else. And we call it discipline. He said, those of you who missed last week's service, stand on the chair and raise your hand. Stand, stand. And then there's somebody there who is feeling too proud to stand. Then you preach a someone on pride. Are you too proud to stand? Will you stand on that chair? Praise God. Hello, hello. Now, is bad behavior supposed to be corrected? Yes. Is bad behavior supposed to involve correction that involves embarrassment? No. When we see, let me tell you the difference, and weekly leaders don't understand this. When we correct, the objective of, especially in places where these people are doing this to, for God, they are not being paid. Did you hear that? Even in offices where people are being paid, they don't do public humiliation. Why should we do it in the church? Why should we do it in the church? Some people say, no, they will not get it. I corrected them before they didn't get it. Maybe if you correct them from the altar, they will get it. No. You are, you are denting. You are damaging. You are scarring. It's actually emotional abuse. Let's call it what it is. Some parents do it to their kids. Parents do it to their, in fact, they do it subconsciously. How can you have 75? How can you, how can you just have 75? Is it not your cousin that has 90? Does your cousin have two heads? <laughs> Praise God. Now, if that is being done in an atmosphere of love, you are talking and correcting in the room and saying, I know there is so much more in you that I'm, than I am seeing. You are more gifted than you are being too lazy with your gifts. You are more talented than this. You are more intelligent than this. You are more brilliant than this. It's a total different conversation from you are so dull. You are dull. Your head is, is, is stone. It's a totally different conversation. One motivates and inspires to be better. The other pushes and draws back one to their cocoon. Someone who is shy and says, Pastor, I've never faced the stage before in my life. And he says, my brother, God has a bright future for you. You can do it. You can do it. Okay, go up. Help us make an announcement. Or help us do this. Or help us do that today. And the person comes on stage and the hand is literally shaking. Well, well, well. Welcome, welcome to church today. Uh, we are happy to see you. You know they are not happy to, they are scared to see you. <laughs> All right? And then the same person who encouraged this person to come on stage says that, um, let us clap for brother this. We know that he has low self-confidence and low self-esteem, but we pray that he gets better in Jesus' name. Now, what's that? Hello? That brother will never come on that stage again. Never. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are we learning this morning? So weak leaders belittle their teammates because it makes them feel better. Strong leaders will correct publicly. Sorry, will celebrate publicly and will correct privately. I know there are ways you can communicate that the person gets the message without washing them down. Sometimes you know your choir is a good choir. You know they are good. They've rehearsed. Maybe they are just burnt out and they took a song off key. 
Or maybe the bass guitarist just went on another note, or the drummer just put in a roll somewhere. You don't come to destroy the whole choir and say our choir is very, they've been at the same level since this church started seven years ago. It's not a very encouraging thing to say. Celebrate them. We have the best choir in the world, but the world doesn't know it yet. Even they themselves don't know it yet because they are getting better. They've gotten the message. Hello? Hello? Praise God. Let's go to the next one very, very quickly. Now, weak leaders blame others. Strong leaders accept responsibility. Did you hear that? Weak leaders blame others. Strong leaders accept responsibility. Now, one of the earliest displays of weak leadership was by the very first man that God created, Adam. God called that and said, Adam, where are you? Adam said, we're hiding. So God was wondering, hiding? What, since when did, we, did this relationship involve hiding? We've been communicating in the cool of the day for so long. I look forward to having a chat with you. I look forward to our relationship. I was hoping you also looked forward to ours. How did this hiding come about? And then I made a statement. I said, God, we have done it. I'm sure God will have been like, done what? You know the while God knew what they did? Hello? Hello? The windows of heaven, they have a curtain that God couldn't see through. God saw everything. He knew when they did, he knew when they were hiding. Isn't that even a lesson on correcting? Hello? God didn't run down. I said, I told you, I told you, I told you. You have done, you have done it. He didn't do that. He said, where are you? Immediately he saw what they had done. The solution was kicked into process immediately. Glory to God. But where are we going? Adam said, the woman you gave me. Hello? The woman you gave me. That was Adam's excuse. He was not willing to accept responsibility for the wrong that had been done. Genesis chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. The woman you gave me. So, Adam was literally saying that, God, this is your fault. Hello? That's what he was saying. He was saying, God, I was by myself. You were the one that said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I didn't say so. You were the one that put me to sleep. I didn't put myself to sleep. You were the one that took out a rib. I didn't take out a rib. You are the one that formed the woman. I didn't form the woman. You brought her to me. I didn't bring her to myself. And now she made me do this. God, it's your fault. Weak leaders are always pointing, pointing, pointing. You did it. You did it. It's your fault. It's your fault. Strong leaders come out and say, you know what? Something went wrong and I accept responsibility for this. Hello? It takes a lot of courage to do that. Especially when the blunder is massive. When the blunder is massive, big blunder. For you to be able to say, wow, I know I am intelligent. I, have, I know I have a track record of making calculated risks. But this one, I messed up. It was me. In fact, in more dignified societies, they resign. Hello? The part of the world I'm from? Resignation isn't in the dictionary. It is not a word. It doesn't exist. People have done 
unbelievable things and they still keep their jobs. Hello? Hello? Now, zoom in. Look at your life. Look at the events of your life. Who are you blaming for where you are? Before we start looking at that precedent, and I mean, you look at your own life. Your grades, whose fault is it? My lecturer. My lecturer doesn't teach well. She's so boring. He's so boring. Look at your spiritual life. You're not growing. But my pastor doesn't preach nice sermons. It is very easy to point and to blame. It's convenient. Why is your life the way it is? My this, my that. Why are you not married? My this, my that. In my, in my family, we don't marry. We keep pointing. Pointing. Strong leaders accept responsibility. If it's going to be, then it's up to me. Did you hear that? If this life is going to be meaningful, it's up to me. If those grades are going to change, it's up to me. If this family is going to be different, if this marriage will be different from the one I saw of my parents, it's up to me. Oh, my, my, my dad always beat my mom, so I'm going to beat my wife. Hello? You know the weakest, laziest, most cowardice, stupidest thing a man can ever do is to eat a woman? Do you know that? Not because she's weak. I'm not preaching the weaker vessel someone. No. It is a very cowardly thing to do. Man, did you hear that? We just don't do it. It's not in our nature. Did you hear that? We never. It is not an option in our brain. We don't consider it. It doesn't matter if daddy did it or daddy does it. Nah. Mm -mm. We don't do it. Hello? This is not marriage seminar, so let's just go back to... <laughs> Let's go back to leadership. Praise God. Praise God. Weak leaders, because of our time, maybe we'll do this one, just this one, or maybe two more. We'll see. Weak leaders lead by ins insisting on rules. Strong leaders lead by influence. Hello? Did you hear that? Weak leaders lead by, in fact, I was listening to someone say something about um, getting things done in leadership. He says there are two ways to get things done in leadership. One is coercion and one is influence. Now, there are settings where coercion works. Coercion might work passively or actively. Now, active coercion is law enforcement. You know fully well that if you were to commit a crime, there is punishment for it, right? So you won't commit the crime because you know that there is a punishment, there is a repercussion. Hello, are we still here? Now, that is active. You know that if you break the traffic lights in a developed, sane environment, there's going to be repercussion, right? We know that. So we do things because we know when we don't do them, there will be repercussions. Now, that is coercion. It is active. Now, there is passive coercion. What that means is that there is a subtle way that you will pay for this thing. It might not be immediately. Hello? Hello? Now, the other way, and government has that power. Government. Government is, is empowered to enforce the law either actively 
or passively in a way that there is repercussion for behavior. Now, for strong leaders, the only tool you have is influence. Or the only tool you should have as a strong leader is influence. Now, what, what do I mean? There are things that you will need someone to do. The only reason they will do it is because either you are paying them to do it or there is a repercussion if they do not do it. That's where weak leaders are. Strong leaders will get you to do a thing because you are a strong believer in the vision. Hello? It was said of Winston Churchill, he sold the vision of Britain winning the war so much that young boys who were underage went and falsified their age so that they could fight in his army. They believed in the leader so much that they were willing to just fight for him. Hello? Influence is why people will stay with you on a project you are not paying them for till 2 a.m. in the middle of the night working. They believe in the vision. Weekly leaders will say, you must not leave. You must not leave until you are done. The only thing on your mind at that point is, what is all this? I'm ready, please. Let me just clear this table. You don't want me to leave. I'll just stay here. I'll be staring at it. Boom. Once it's 6 p.m., we close. Some of us have the attitude we have to work. 6 p.m., boom. Clear my table. Brrr, pow. Influence is we don't leave until this work is done. Whether or not there is overpay, um, overstay, overtime. Thank you, sir. Whether or not we'll get it done. Influence. Hello? Influence is why someone will leave a church and drive for one hour, 30 minutes. I said, that is my church. Why? Influence. Let me say this as a roundup. Now, what weak leaders lack in influence, they make, it, make up for it in legalism and mind control. Did you hear that? They create an atmosphere where you literally feel caged up. You can't set yourself free even if you wanted to. There are so many rules and thou shalt not and thou shalt not. You must not do this. You must not do this. You must not do this. And strong leaders are saying, watch me do this. This is how it is done. I'm going to lead by example, and this is what we're going to do. And everybody sees the leader literally getting his hands dirty, getting her hands dirty, folding up her sleeves and saying, let's get to work, which is why one of the examples of exemplary leadership in the Bible is Nehemiah. Nehemiah left the comfort of a presidential villa to go back and rebuild. Under opposition, threats to his life, Threats to his family, threats to the people, threats to everything. They came up with every opposition in the world. The people didn't say, Nehemiah, we were doing just fine before you came. They saw a leader who was, who was willing to stand with them and say, we're in this together. We have our, 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 our building materials on the right hand. We have weapons of war left. Praise God. Praise God. Strong leaders lead by example. Weak leaders lead by instruction. Hello? Hello? If we are going on a 30-day fast, dear pastor, that is not the time for you to be seen at McDonald's. Hello? And you are saying, let the members fast. Do they know how long I fasted for pastor? I've been fasting for them since the church started. 
It's my time to rest. Let them fast. No. No. Once the people see we are in this together, then they give their all. Hello? And that is what every leader wants. Followers that give their all. You can't force it from their truth. They will give it to you and you must earn it. Did you hear that? You earn it. You earn it. There are, there are people that you've exerted so much influence on their lives. Whatever you tell them to do, they will do it. Whatever time of the night, they will do it. Because of influence. There are two types of calls. I can make a call now as pastor and say, Hello, Brother James. Uh, we need a group of people to help pick up a family from Pearson Airport. The flight is arriving at 1 a.m. Will you be able to do it? 1 a.m. Pastor. 1 a.m. I'm meant to be sleeping at home and be with my family. And then I said, I know you are not reliable. I know you are not trustworthy. I just said I should try you out. And then there's another response that says, oh, pastor, 1 a.m. Okay, sir, consider it done. Why? One person has sown the seeds of influence, has earned the right to, because they know that if pastor could do it, pastor will do it. He has done it before. They've seen him. Hello? Praise God. Praise God. When it comes to giving, leaders should also lead by example. When it was time to get, and I close with this, when it was time to build the tabernacle, Moses told the Israelites, bring, 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 bring. There was no record of him bringing anything. They got more than enough and he told the people to stop. However, when it was time for the house of the Lord to be built, even though David wasn't the one going to build it, he personally ensured that everything required for the building of that temple would be available. Praise God. What kind of leader do you want to be? A strong one or a weak leader? Let's rise on our feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Why don't you raise your voice and say, Father, thank you for your word. The purpose of the word of God is not to condemn us. It's to build us up. It's for us to be edified. It's to give us correction, reproof, rebuke, edification, building that we might be thoroughly furnished. Say, Father, I thank you for your word that has come my way this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because I am encouraged by your word. Thank you because I can look back on the people you have given me to lead. I might not be the president. I might not be the governor. I might not be the mayor. I might not be an MP. But I can look back at my family. I can look back at my life and say, these are practical things I can begin to do differently. These are ways I can make amen. These are ways I can be a better person. These are things I can do different. I can begin to take responsibility for my life and the events of my life. I can begin to take responsibility for the way I correct and lead my children. I can begin to take responsibility for the way I perform at my work or at my service in the house of God. I can begin to take responsibility. Thank you, Father, for a release of your grace. Praise and honor be unto your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Gracious Father, I want to thank you for your word this morning. Thank you because we know that in this place and through this ministry, you are raising a new breed, a new species 
of leaders, kingdom sanctified, equipped, skilled leaders who are able to do your work like the master, the greatest leader of all time ever lived, the man Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because your word says we have the mind of Christ. We have his character. We are in him. He is in us. And we carry him. Father, help us to reflect and to live lives that reflect that we carry Christ. Every change we need to make in our lives. We receive your grace to make those changes. Everything that has been difficult for us to address. And to address once and for all. Things we've covered up. Things we've blamed others for. Father, thank you because today we face them and by your power we see changes. In the mighty name of Jesus, commit the rest of the service into your hands, Father. Take charge, take control. We open our hearts up to you. We ask that you speak to us. Let us be forever changed. Let us remember today for the rest of our lives. We lift up your servants through whom you will bring the words to us this morning. Feel him anew. Feel him afresh. Like never before, fresh unction from on high. That your people, all of us, our lives will be changed forever. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed.